Hello, welcome back to the Honor Roll podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, and you? I'm doing all right. I got some sad news, but it's going well. I'm at home again, unfortunately. We're shut down again, but here today. I wonder who could have predicted that. Well, I never thought I wonder who may have said, I wonder who may have said, this is a good thing because you guys are practicing for the next time. Well, I mean, it's only for two days at least because then we have a vacation week after, but it still kind of sucks because it's senior year. (laughs) Uh, Senior year's gone down some sort of drain. It's kind of yeah, it's gone down the trash dump. But hey, we're almost done. When are you guys done? We finished school on June thirteenth. June thirteenth. But I am done with classes on April. 28th or 30th yeah and then i have a month of involvement and then i graduate may 28th so you're basically you basically go to fake school no it's not fake school you go to fake school you just don't do school well i'll do and i'll do involvement so it's community service for a month so what you're saying is you're not a real member of the honor roll i am such a real member of the honor are you because it doesn't sound like you're putting in the work that i am striving for we just get done earlier because we have a month of involvement. I don't see you putting in the work in your local community. You don't? Because I'm a lector at church. I volunteer uh, as a junior counselor at Heart to Heart. Yeah, but Heart what Camp. about the rest of your senior class? What about the rest of my senior class? Uh, we take part in uh, like one day a year. Uh, one day. Um, <laughs> we require <laughs> we require around a month work. of community service. Did you go to a cemetery? And clean up leaves. Actually, we have a cemetery across the road. And we have service days throughout the year where sometimes we clean up that cemetery. So, yes. Well, adorable. First first year school isn't a real school. And then it's a horror story. So. Oh, my God. You're the one who said said you picked up leaves at a cemetery. So. Yeah, we had to drive there. We don't just walk outside and see the graves. Well, we're so lucky that we have a cemetery right across the road, because if anyone died at school, they'd just be buried across from it. That's horrible. <laughs> that yeah, is horrible. <laughs> they don't, they don't get a weight. <laughs> they don't get, like, embalmed or anything. You just you just straight up go right to the uh, to the burying part. Yeah, I would not be want to be buried in front of my school. That'd be a little bit... Yeah, no. Your class comes outside. Let's okay, everyone. Let's sing. Let's sing the school song. Let's get our school spirit going to bury Louisa. That'd be terrible. School band comes out. They're playing the trumpets as your casket goes down. Do you have? Oh, oh, we we don't even have a band. We're hiring a band for graduation. (laughs) (laughs) That's how lame we are. That's just lovely. I mean, I know it's great. Love that for you guys. Um, Yeah. School funeral. That's such an interesting concept. A school funeral. You know, that actually reminds me of, um, I'm pretty sure, I, I could be wrong here, but like, I don't know if it's like a myth or something, but I've heard for years that uh, if someone dies while you're taking the SAT in your room, then you just get an automatically like perfect score or something. No, I've heard that too. Right? I think that's a thing. Like, I don't know, that sounds fake, but I is it just it like is. a national myth? No, I feel like that's true. I want to. I want to fact check that. Because, because like, what if what if someone staged it? 
that, so that they would get a perfect stage score. Death. That's pretty hard. Hardcore. No, but what if someone like willingly like committed suicide during the SAT, and then you got a perfect score? Um, if someone willingly committed game end during the SAT, then that would be horrifying, and I don't. I think I'd retake it because I don't, I think I'd have to leave the room because of how like just horrible that would be. <laughs> So COVID outbreak happening right now, um, it's really bad. And it's going up in hospitals. It's going up in schools. Um, a lot of schools are shut down. I can think of at least three schools in our state that are completely shut down. Actually, four now. Yeah, four yeah, schools in my our local state. area are shutting down. Um, we've been shut down since Monday. I know our entire track team was out because of COVID. Our boys, Lax, I think, was out because of COVID. We had two, three classes that were out with COVID. We had, like, two teachers I know that went to get tested and then didn't come back. Yeah. So they probably got it. And then one teacher who's kind of lazy, loved the guy to death, but he just hasn't even contacted any of his students. He just kind of went home in depth. And, and, like, normally if it was any other teacher, I'd worry about him. But this is the same guy that schedules his, like, planned vacation days for workshop days so that he just doesn't have to do the work. What in the world? That's an interesting teacher for you. He's ya. a fun guy. He's a fun guy. We you know him. the teachers, you can just tell, like, they're kind of like seniors. They're like, they really don't care anymore, but they have to put on a face to keep their job. Yeah. I, I so mean, they, like, yeah. He, he would rather run a bakery than be here, which is what he told oh, me. That's... He really? Also, yeah. He also sent me a meme. He sent <laughs> you a meme? He sent me a meme. It was kind of funny. Jack, was... do you text your teacher? I text a few of my teachers, yeah. Oh. On the occasion. Well, mostly coaches. But, like, we had to text them over uh, Christmas break because we didn't have any other way to contact him and we needed help with the math assignment. So oh, okay. That makes sense. He gave us a hand there and then he sent me a meme about it, which was funny. Nice. What yeah. was the meme? Oh, it was, like, uh, it was Samuel L. Jackson giving the camera some crazy eyes. And it said oh, the look okay. I give my students when they ask me to repeat the directions. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Classic. So, who do you think the perpetrators are of this COVID outbreak? The perpetrators? Mm-hmm. Actually, I know the answer to this question. It is the teenagers and the young adults yes, in indeed. our current society. If we're looking at cases uh, by age trend, ages 80 plus and 70 are at the bottom currently, and Young 20s and less 20s is at the highest, and less than 20s is second highest, and they have just spiked massively since Christmas time. Do you think it has to do with um, how the older generations are being like vaccinated and the younger people are starting to get vaccinated but aren't as much yet? I think it has it's, anything to do with that. It's definitely a possibility. There was actually a universal spike between all ages from December to February, and I think that was just the effects of Christmas coming off. But whereas these elderly people, after the holidays ended, they've kind of like they've kind of starting to flatten their curve because they're not visiting their families anymore. It's noticeable in a ton- that that curve is not occur in any of the other age groups. They all just continue to really spike up. Even sixties is still going up, but it's just getting led by the twenty year olds. Yeah, that's that's really. It's frustrating for everyone though, like that the cases keep going up and. 
what do you think like the source is is it like not wearing masks or what well i actually like to take a historical look on this because if you've ever noticed it history follows patterns in the 1620s around then the black plague erupted in the 1820s there was something that i forgot what it's called in the 1920s around this time we had the spanish plague spanish flu and Spanish flu is not really given the credit of like how much damage it really did because alongside that time was World War I. So people weren't paying attention when that was happening. But what you'll notice with the Spanish flu is it came in four major outbreaks. And it was one after the other for a bit. And it was a long pause. And just as World War I ended, the fourth outbreak happened because everyone started to gather in the streets. They were celebrating the end of the war. But because of all this gathering, the plague then began to consume itself again. It began to spread again, and it revitalized the plague throughout America and Europe and many places around the world. So basically, with us right now, communal gathering is proving to spread this virus even more. And we're just repeating history, which is not a good thing at all. Thing we tend to do. I mean, even if you look at like wartime, we go into wars like annually around the same time vietnam was in the 60s just as around the civil war was korean war was like in the 70s 80s or not 80s 70s more just like um uh, i think the spanish american war was uh, you just if you look at history you just notice these notice these trends war of 1812 is in the teens just like world war one it, it's all it's history just repeats itself by every century yeah, you really just has to have to pick a century and you be like, and then recognize the trends between comparing today and those times and you can see like different principles that we've continually repeated. But there's also things that we have modified throughout the time sure. like using history to change our ways. But in reality it hasn't right. really changed that. Like much. the way we solved the Spanish plague was with horses. We had to test with horses because they were the only other animal that could get the disease. But now, like, mm-hmm. our testing has come so far that, like, I don't even think we had to do much animal testing. They were able to work directly with the tissues and the cells and the virus and figure out ways to beat around it. Yeah. In- no, that makes incredible. sense. Um, but if history, if history does follow its trends, uh, look forward to uh, the 20s because uh, the Roaring 20s, right, coming oh, right back, gosh. shall we? Oh, goodness. You know what that means? That means we get 10 fun years of partying, forget about the economy, it's going up, and then the Great Depression hits right back at you. Oh, well, maybe, hopefully, if we get out of this disease, maybe something new will happen that is more entertaining than seeing your best friend with a mask on for an entire year. I know. Maybe something more entertaining. I I wonder how many people are going to continue to wear masks once this disease has ended, because I doubt that they're going to go away entirely. Uh, I'm sure oh, definitely. Um, there's still going to be people that are either paranoid or just used to it at this point or feel more comfortable with it. And they're just going to continue to wear their masks because that's just what they've come, become used to. They've become accustomed to it. They've done it for so long now. It's become a, a, a nature, a habit. For sure. There's there's just no denying it. People are going to wear masks whenever. And then there's going to be people that never wear masks again, honestly, even when they're I mean, sick. Because no, people are so over it at this point. Like it's crazy so let's keep let's keep ourselves posted we're gonna update you guys weekly of how this covid surge is going yeah so Terrifying. Yeah, we're definitely gonna keep you updated on that because it's just i mean talk about current events this is 
unprecedented. I mean, I could not have imagined this happening years ago. But like, I I don't know, a pandemic. Yeah. It just seemed so impossible with like the modern science that we have. And here I we know are. it really did. Yeah, it really it did seem impossible. But then it happened. Shocking but things today, always happen throughout history. Not to cut you off, but like the Great Emu War in Australia. I mean, this is a little off topic, but I think it's just fun to talk about here because it's it's something unprecedented happening in history. And do you know about the Great Emu War, Louisa? I do not know about the Great Emu, emu right, War. Do you know what emus are? Yeah, they're an emus animal. Emus are a large ostrich-type bird, and they yes. destroy the crops in um in Australia. They often eat away at the food. So, in order to protect their agricultural economy, Australia actually waged war against the emus and get this oh they lost the war so the emus killed them all <laughs> <No>. <laughs> they, they weren't able so they, they they would put like bounties on the emus like if you got to kill like enough emus you would get like a certain amount of money but the emus just came in such waves of population and evaded to such a level that they were not able to suppress the emu forces and if you actually, oh. this is a really interesting part. If you look up Australian nuclear bomb test sites, you will see there's one labeled emu fields because they literally dropped a nuclear bomb on the emus and still lost. And they withstood and it. The, the emus still won. <laughs> what am I telling you? Animals, animals are more power than powerful than you right? think. I mean, like, look at that. Are incredible. I mean. I love, I love all of Australia. There's just such an interesting place. I want to go there someday. Like Sydney, Melbourne. Just yeah. explore Australia. Sydney. Yeah. That, it'd that's be incredible. A, no, it'd be I a do long too. flight though. Like. Yeah. Hey, speaking of flight, today we're going to talk about some airport instances. And we're going to take back before the pandemic. So we're not going to go into like wearing masks and N95s and all that. We're going to go way before that, before the chaoticness of this pandemic and when it's brought to the airport scene. Exactly. I mean, I don't think I've stood foot in an airport since all this has happened. I mean, it's just, I can't imagine how different it has to be with distancing because it used to be so crowded to begin with. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine. I haven't yeah. either. Um, but going backward, um, I have a fun story. Do you want me to start sure with thing. that? Let's hear it. All right. So I love traveling and I have family all over the world, but obviously traveling is a long and strenuous process. And there was a particular instance about, I would say, five or six years ago where I happened to be traveling home from Colombia. And Colombia is very far away from the U.S., um, you have to take at least three or four flights to get there, depending on where you're get- going. Um, and so we had had a long day of traveling and you can't make it home in one day. You got to do two days of traveling and you either sleep in a different place in Colombia or you sleep in the U.S. And the time before that, we had slept in Colombia. But this time we were like, OK, we're going to take our rest day in the U.S. And I was like, OK, perfect. We're already be in the U.S. We will drink the water. Done. Done deal. Little did I know, the Miami airport is not the most friendly place. And I'm not, like, I don't have anything against this airport. I just did not have the best experience, and I'm going to share my personal experience there. 
So first of all, um, I didn't have a phone at this time and my mom had a phone. So I was texting like family members on the phone and my older cousin was taking a picture of like the lines and how long and strenuous the lines were at customs and so (laughs) I was like oh she's doing that little copycat me I want to take a picture so I took a picture and I was not very discreet about taking this picture and I did in fact see the signs that said do not take pictures of this area this is a federal fence. All this stuff <laughs> wasn't wasn't exactly a federal fence, but that's this is a felony crime. Like, taking yeah, taking pictures is prohibited in this area. Whatever. So an officer comes up to me and is like, "Hey, give me your phone." And I'm like, I was young and I was like freaking out, and so I was like, I just showed him my phone. And he's like, he looks at it and he sees the picture and he's in it like he photobombed my picture of the lines and I'm like I'm so sorry like I was just trying to take pictures of the line he's like give me your phone and he looks at my phone he's like he presses the phone which he's not supposed to do that because you have right you have claimed your own property you don't have to give it to him yeah he needs a warrant I talked to my dad about this later um but anyway he touches the phone he deletes the picture and he like go to the next one and he tries to slide it. And I was like, there is no next one. Like, and I felt like so bad. And I almost like started bawling on the spot, but I like pushed forward. Like I had, you know, when you have like tears oh, in the back sure. of your head. How old were like, you again? I was going into eighth oh, grade. So seventh kid. grade. Very just not in, not in the best yeah. spot. Shouldn't have taken a picture of the line. I got that. So anyway, I had, I was about to start crying. I had that little like crying face on. And we go walk in, and when you get back into the country, you have to take a picture um, to prove that you're back in the country in these little camera things. Um, and my face was not really intact because I was about to start bawling. So I did my best job of faking it till I made it and put on a happy face. And I did not get a red X on my picture because if you get a red X, you have to join this other line. So we all get our pictures. Thank God. None of us got red X's. So we didn't have to go get questioned and asked if we were citizens of the U.S. Um, And so we go to go into the next line and there's two lines and we didn't know which one to go in. Nobody was there. Nobody was giving directions. And we start walking into the line that says, go in this line if you have a red X on your piece of paper that has your picture. Because nobody saw that it was in like a t- it was a very small label that we could oh, barely gosh. see, and thank God I somehow pointed it out, and we moved from that, and they find like they asked us about what our names were, everything. We got back into the U.S., and it, finally it felt like everything was over. Past that guard, I was still traumatized from that over? experience, and then oh, oh no, my. it's not over. So then we get to the hotel, which is inside the airport. It's not a nice hotel. It's just you stay. I mean, I guess it can be nice depending on where you ha- where what room you stay in. But it was it's just a basic hotel. It's in the airport. So we go to the hotel, and my grandparents have prepaid for our hotel room because they unfortunately did not get to join us in Colombia. Um, so they did that as a super nice thing for us because they were originally going to join us. They were going to pay for the hotel, so they paid for the hotel. Um. But the person working at the desk said she had no record of her paying for the hotel, just that she reserved the hotel. Now, this woman was not a particularly nice woman. Um, She decided to demand my mom's credit card. She's like, you're 
the person who reserved this room just reserved it. She did not pay for it. Give me your credit card right now. That is that that those were her words. She was not polite. She's like, I need your credit card yeah, now. Like super firm. Me and my sister were just. It was late at night. We were, had just had that experience um, with the security guard. Just a very very traumatizing day. And so we were not having this lady treating our mom with disrespect. So I didn't know what to do. I look at this lady and I just start bawling. And then my, because I started bawling, my little sister starts bawling and we are just bawling, like loudly bawling on this like chair at the (laughs) office or at the (laughs) hotel lobby. And I don't know, like, if people thought we were crazy, but this woman, she didn't give any craps that two kids were bawling on the chair. She just, like, looked at my mom and kept demanding her credit card. And I could not tell you how mad I was at that woman because she was being so rude to my mom. We had just had the longest day of traveling. Oh, my Mm, gosh. It was a rough experience. But, yeah, no consideration. And so my mom eventually just gives her her credit card, pays for the room, even though my grandparents have already paid for it, and we go on with our lives. But that was just so traumatizing, I and I will never want to do that Did again. Did you ever get your money back? No. No. We apparently pay, they apparently paid to reserve it, even though they put, paid the whole room fee. So they didn't get the money so back. So that's a scam. Which is scam. super... Exactly. Huh. We will never be staying there again. I, I wouldn't stay there again opinion. either. I mean, that's just a horrible experience. And that is a horrible podcast, experience. And I never want to go to that. The hotel so I don't go back there. Yeah, no, Miami Airport. <laughs> I mean, I, there's probably only one hotel there, but I just had a terrible experience there. If you have stayed at the Miami Airport Hotel then and had a wonderful experience, then I applaud you. I truly applaud you. But I did not have a good experience there, so I would not recommend staying there. I'm kind of shocked that they have an airport to be a uh, hotel in the airport to begin with. Well, it's for like layover, right? But like, still, like I feel like a lot of uh, airports just don't have hotels in them. Like, you usually have to take like a shuttle. I I agree with that. Like, yeah, like I don't think O'Hare has one. No, in, uh, I don't. Chicago. You know what and I? And that O'Hare is pretty big too. O'Hare is. I don't big. know. I don't know. I never saw a hotel when I was there. But you know what I love about O'Hare in Chicago? What? When you're, when you're going between, like, I think it's, like, terminals, like, C and E or something, you have to go, like, underground, and it's just this long, long tunnel with, like, these conveyor belts that you get on that, like, just, like, move you. You know what I'm talking about? Like, an airport, mm-hmm. there's long tunnels, you just yeah. stand, stand on it, and the ceiling is just lit up with these lights that, like, make, like, a flowing rainbow. Like, it's not, like, blocky either. Like, they flow into each other, and, like, they're like constantly lit, but then there's like a brighter light that like moves through it. It's just this like flowing rainbow look, and it's just beautiful. I love that airport. That's awesome. So wonderful. I don't know why I don't remember that. I go That's through it on cool. like half my trips to the west because usually uh, when I go to visit my grandparents out west, I have to take like two layovers or so, usually in O'Hare and then Denver, which is weird because my grandparents live like very northwest, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason, we have to fly all the way down to Colorado and then up. That's weird. It's it's annoying. It's every time. Uh, but I also have an airport story for you, if you'd like to hear well, let's it. Let's hear it. Is it more positive and less tears? No. Oh. <laughs> it's, 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 it, was, it was it was a scary one, kind of. To be honest with you. Oh gosh. Okay. Let's. It hear was it. two years ago. I was a I was a sophomore. 
and I was going to Spain with my Spanish club. And it was uh, it was going to be this nice trip. It's a week in Spain, and we also did a day in Morocco. Hmm. So in order to fly there, we had to take a layover in Dublin, Ireland. And it was going to be this really cool trip. You know, we're going to see Ireland, Spain, Morocco. So going to go to Europe and Africa. Never been to Europe before. I thought it was going to be a really cool experience. So we took a nice flight over the Atlantic coast. They bring you up really high north because I guess like the wind flows in a better direction up there. And we land in Dublin. We watched Guardians of the Galaxy on the plane. We all we awesome. synced we synced up all of our TV monitors um, to the same time. So when we hit play, we'd all be watching it at once because it's like Ooh, personal TV. It was really fun. But we get there, and we're going through uh, customs because you know we're going to a different country. Yeah. And as we're walking through, we we turn around and like cause there's a bit of a commotion. And we're like, oh, what's happened? And one of our classmates had fallen and was seizing. Oh my gosh. And we're just like, uh, what, what do we do? What do we do? And we're with it with our Spanish teacher and our Spanish teacher was like, go, 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 just go through the rest of customs. So we went and one of our seniors that was with us, um, who was a CNA in training, um, stayed back and like, she like knew all the proper procedure. So she like helped out until like the airport uh, police could get there and help. And the girl ended up being fine. She's perfectly fine. Oh, that's um, good. Flew right back to Ireland. Uh, no, sorry. Flew back back to the United States after. But so she, she didn't get to go on the trip. She didn't get to go on the trip. She had to go home. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That that's hard. terrible. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, she had epilepsy, and what we've oh. learned since is that with epilepsy, um, it's not just like flashing lights that can cause the seizures. It can be things yeah. like intense stress, and she had never flown before. So she was pretty sure. Okay. So. No, that makes yeah. sense. But she had to wait. But they it. thought it was a good idea for her to go back on a plane. Yes. Well, how, how else are you going to get back? <laughs> but she just had a seizure from flying. How is she going to get back to the country? Well, shouldn't they have like made sure she was good? Yeah, but like it took a few. No, no. So like, she had to stay there for a few days in Ireland. She couldn't just oh, leave okay, right away. Okay. Oh, I, did, I thought you meant they, like, shipped her back right after this episode. <laughs> I'm like, um, if she just fainted up or had a seizure after this. Yeah, like, they just um, turned her around, put her on a plane, and sent her. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought um, that's what you meant. No. But, so, we went to, like, the other side of customs. Because we didn't know, like, all this was happening. We didn't know what was going on. And oh, my god. And we're waiting and waiting for our teacher. There's, like, six of us. And then we also had, like, a counselor with us who was my music teacher from grade school. But, like, didn't know any of the other kids. Oh. And she was our teacher's friend. That's why she was there with us. And she didn't really know what to do. Okay. She was she's not like a teacher teacher. I mean, she's a teacher, but she doesn't like do this type of stuff usually. Yeah. And so she's like, um, I think we should just keep waiting. I'm like, we're gonna miss our flight. I think we should just go and they'll meet us at the gate if they're coming. <laughs> and at this point, you know, I'd been in airports so many times in my life, I was used to it. So I was like, Come on, just follow me. And so I, I led them through the airport in Ireland. We found our gate, and then when we, once we got there, our teacher was still not with us. So one of our other students started to have like a panic attack. So I, I took them oh. and like we found like a water fountain so they could like drink and just kind of like calmed themselves down. So it was just, it was a very stressful experience as a sophomore. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, it was definitely one of my first like real world kind of like okay things are going wrong, new place, new experiences. You gotta figure this out. And, um, do you feel like you had like a flight or fight 
fight or flight reaction bit, like in bit. that instance I, I definitely felt like i like i kind of like took charge of the situation i was like follow me this is what we're gonna do this is how we're gonna do it we're gonna get it all sorted that's and good that's really good we got on the plane teacher still wasn't there and then finally one of our girls who had stayed back comes onto the plane and we're like oh phew and like she like comes down to us and sits by us and we're like so what's the deal and she's like yeah it's so, like the girl that had the seizure has to go home and our teacher has to wait here in Ireland with them. We're like, what? Oh, no. And she's like, yeah, the teacher has to stay back. But we're still going. <laughs> so, so you got separated, we got but sent... you still had the music teacher, right? Yeah. So we got sent to Spain without our Spanish teacher. None of us really know Spanish. And we met up with this oh, other no. group of kids that we were with from um, uh, uh, Colorado. They are from Boulder. And uh-huh. um, they traveled with us. Oh, they were, sorry, they weren't from Colorado. They're from Nevada. They're from Nevada. And um, Boulder, Nevada. It's right. It's like a little 30 minutes south of Vegas. And they traveled with us. So like we had like some people to go with, but like, we didn't know any of them. We were kind of shy. They were having their whole other ordeal where one girl's uh, luggage got sent to Amsterdam. Oh, no. <laughs> so the airport gave her $150 to like buy stuff while her clothes were gone. Uh-huh. Which she didn't. She just wore her own clothes and then bought a Gucci belt. <laughs> Classic! <laughs> oh, I love it. It was hilarious. We loved it. That is hilarious. But, uh, we ended up just spending three days in uh, Barcelona without our Spanish teacher. Just kind of figuring our way out. And we were pretty excited when she got there. We were sad that our other student couldn't join us. But it was just a heck of an experience. I mean, just... That sounds traumatic. Like that's a lot at one time. Yeah. And did the did the other group have like a person who spoke Spanish in their group? They did, thankfully. But our group was only nine kids, and there was forty, so they didn't oh. have like a lot of time to like pay attention to like fixing our problem. <laughs> oh no! But we we mingled in the hotel, and we definitely made some friendships that were lasting with those kids from Nevada. That's good, and you it probably like I don't know, but. You probably had to exercise like your Spanish and stuff. Oh which yeah, is good. that definitely um, immerse yourself. Some pressure right there. I mean, I remember when we were in Spain at one point. I, I was ordering a um a cheeseburger from a restaurant, and I ordered. I was like, oh, I, I knew how to do it. I was like, compro hamburguesa y queso. It's like hamburger with cheese. Por favor. Yeah, I didn't say that. <laughs> you didn't say please. No, I didn't say please. You think I? I was trying Why? to think of what the food was called, not how to be polite. <laughs> That's so rude. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't have time to think about por favor. I don't know the language. Oh my gosh. Anyway, because I made that order in Spanish, and I did it like pretty like quickly. It's like I felt good about myself. The uh-huh. the, the worker just kind of got the assumption that like I knew Spanish. So they just started, like, rattling stuff off at me. I think it was, like, the price or something. And, like, another question, like, do you want, like, medium or something? Like, da 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 And I'm like, no hablo espanol, no hablo espanol. I went into full panic mode. I had no clue what they were saying. I got my burger, though. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I feel, sometimes I feel like I'm in an awkward position because I have family members that are completely fluent. Like, my mom is fluent in Spanish. My grandmother is. But I don't, I'm not fluent or anything. So okay. sometimes I'm not able to like, understand. So I feel that. Yeah, that's how, that's how my family is with French. 
French. I say French. Um, yeah. yeah like my, my meme was fluent in French. She grew up in like way northern Maine, near Canada, um, Quebec, all that. So French family. Um, nice. Just a little more on that Spain trip, though. A little interesting story from it. Uh, I ended up at one point staying up for 72 hours. Oh. Uh, so like three days or so. No sleep at all. And on the last oh night, gosh. on the last day before I passed out at a bus station, we, we, me and the other two kids that like had been staying up for like this long, we almost accidentally attacked someone. What? So what happened? I mean, you have to understand here. We're at like 48 plus hours of no sleep. We're exhausted. Okay, I gotcha. And it's 5 a.m. in the hotel. <laughs> We, we're still at no sleep. Uh-huh. Um, and this alarm goes off. Like this like loud shrieking beeping alarm. And like if you heard it. And it came from like our telephones. But like, that's also how you like you call the lobby and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we later found out that it was like a wake up alarm. But it's at 5am. Like why was that when the wake up alarm is? It didn't make a lot of sense. But um, What day was this? Uh, I think we had to take a bus. But we didn't have to take a bus till like 11. <laughs> Oh, weird. Yeah, it was really weird. So we interpreted this alarm as like active shooter type of deal. Oh, God. So I grabbed a small knife. One kid grabbed like a thick, heavy water bottle that was metal. And I think the other kid grabbed like, like, a, like a wooden rod. And we peeked into the hallway together. And we just see this man in a suit with a briefcase like walking towards us. So we shut the door and like hid back. We're like, oh my god, that's the guy. That's what the alarm was about. Oh my gosh. And then we wait like 10 minutes and like we peek out. He's coming like the other way down the hall. So we like jump back inside. We're like, okay, we need to attack this guy. We need to get to him before he gets to us. And (laughs) we're in like full panic mode. We're like, we like tried calling the front desk and no one picked up. We're like, oh my gosh that's why the alarm went out like he probably like killed the receptionist and like she like hit the button right before anything happened so, and this is this is why you do not this is why you need to make make decisions when you're tired exactly and it's like we like stepped out into the hall and we didn't see the guy so we were like moving in like a circular motion while walking down the hall towards the lobby with like our backs in the middle like so like he could come from any angle and like finally, like we get out there with like our like our little mini handheld weapons, and the receptionist is just like there at the desk, and she's like, "Can I help you?" And we're like, "Um, what was that alarm about?" And she's like, "Oh, that's to wake up." <laughs> and we're like, "Oh," and then we went back oh, to God. our room. <laughs> and we were that just... is um, that's so awkward too, because you're like there with your weapons, and right? She's like, "Oh, that's like, a wake up." Who knows? Like, if that guy had like been in the hall before we got to the reception area, we might have just like attacked the guy. Oh god, that's not good. Because we were like fully psyched out. We're like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's like gonna like hurt us." Like, we're we're in panic mode here. I mean, I think anyone would have panicked. That's terrifying. Yeah, we were completely exhausted. Like, I can't even describe the alarm. It was like a fire alarm at like school. Yeah. Like it was like a shrieking beep. It was horrible. And like we texted. Well, you like, never know what's going to happen. Like, I mean, look at in a Kim Kardashian. Country, exactly. What? What happened to Kim? She got robbed in Paris. When? You didn't know about this? No. 
a couple i think it was last year or the year i think it's two years no 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 well kim got like um like taped up she handed them like her jewels and everything like her necklaces everything um but she got like robbed and it was really bad that's horrible i feel bad for her terrifying um i didn't realize that happened the the kardashians Uh. have had an interesting life their their father was the oj trial guy wasn't he I don't remember. I don't really know a lot about their history. I just know that this this is a. I'm surprised you never heard about the robbery. It was super big, like terrifying experience for Kim. Missed it completely. I love the OJ trial. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. I don't know that. Is there another reference? Oh, when OJ Simpson was getting accused of murder, uh, they had a trial for him. At the trial, they had like the the glove found at the crime crime scene, and. His lawyer kept saying, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. But the glove was, like, in a bag. He had to wear um, a protective, like, other glove so he didn't, like, contaminate it with his DNA. So, like, he had, like, another small glove on his hand. And, like, he was also, like, sitting on his hand or something and, like, heating it up so, like, the blood would expand. So then his hand just didn't fit Ooh. in the glove because there was, like, so many layers and his hand was bigger. And then his, so you're covering it up. Yeah, and then his lawyer was like, the glove doesn't fit. You must acquit. And then they said not guilty. <laughs> it worked. Dang. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's become, like, a pop culture meme. Is like, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Like, it's just, like, such a stupid defense that, like, doesn't make any sense. But it works. No, it doesn't at all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think the moral of the story is you just got to be safe wherever you go. You got to follow rules. You got to follow signs. You got to pay attention to alarms. You got to double check if you actually paid to reserve a room you gotta make sure you think of every necessary precaution and medical problem before you travel it's so hard to like make everything go perfect especially when you're traveling or when you're somewhere you're not usually 100 percent. i mean airports traveling customs other countries there's just so many things that could be great and go perfect and there's so many things that could go wrong and I think you just need to be ready for every situation and just kind of be prepared to, like, handle the unpredictable. And, uh, yeah. And, it, like, obviously you won't be able to predict what's going to happen, but there's probably going to be some unexpected things happening when you're traveling. 100%. And make sure when you're traveling to take your homework with you so you can stay on the honor roll. Yeah, you got to make sure of that. All right. <laughs> see you guys next week. Have a good one.